Welcome to the Funhouse Podcast. This is the one that everyone's been waiting for. It's the Barbie Oppenheimer Breakdown. Here on the Funhouse Podcast, we got my co-host, Lindsay. I haven't seen these movies. Are you serious? No, I'm not serious. Oh. She saw it. Okay. I, I, we talked about it earlier. I, I, I'm just fucking I'm like, with when you. when did you lie? I was, you know, right. subverting expectations, much like some of these films did. And James. Hello. I was in, in a meeting last week, and someone called it Open Barb. Uh-huh. And not I was not like, Open Arby? And I was like, that's... Wrong. It was like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. It's like you mispronounced his name, number one. Uh-huh. And number two, you took the first part of both, which does not how any of that should work. I I heard so many people over the weekend when they were talking about saying the word Oppenheimer. And I and then it got yeah. me thinking, wait, am I wrong? No, you're it's no. Oppenheimer, right? Yeah, it's Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Thank God. Okay. Yeah, why were they saying that? Because it, it's a big O at the beginning. Oh, Oppenheimer. I don't know. Oh. It's because people don't know how to read, is generally the Yeah, answer. but people don't say let me take this opportunity to tell you about <laughs> yeah, the double P. The double P it's loosens the O. I had never thought of it like that. Well, we're going to take this opportunity to uh, break down what we liked about the movies. How do you think we should do this? Should we break down Barbie first and Oppenheimer? I mean, wow. Well, I feel like you probably have things to say about how it should have been watched, how people have been watching it, because people, we saw two huge movies mm-hmm. that broke. Box office records yes. first weekend, this weekend. First weekend to ever have a, a film, two films, or, or, or one film over $100 million, One uh, uh, was it like $80 million, which is up and yeah, yeah. And that was the first time that's ever happened, was two movies that. And I'd also like to just weekend. bring up how we each chose to see it. Oh, yes. How uh-huh. do we each choose? Yeah, you flaked out of my screening. Uh, well, Brian goes, let's go at 12 p.m. for Barbie and 2 p.m. for Oppenheimer. With a six-minute window. Six window, window. Yeah. And that, that time, he chose to reveal that Oppenheimer is three hours long. And I said, no, I'm so sorry. No, thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I will be seeing them on separate days. Yes. So I saw Barbie when? on Saturday, and then I saw... Oppenheimer on Sunday. Did you in your brain think Oppenheimer when you're you're like, don't say Oppenheimer? <laughs> it's, it's really stressing me out right now. <laughs> and you saw it how? I saw it all in one day. Uh huh. I saw the wrong way. No, the uh, you were completely wrong. And here's the thing: <laughs> everyone who has any sense is gone against you on it. What, what Even Quentin about? Tarantino went and saw it the correct way, which is if you're gonna do it in one day, you do Oppenheimer and then Barbie. Well, because, but you had a big window too in the middle. I also think that that's well, important. Well, I had I had I had a window enough that I could leave the theater, go to a Mexican restaurant, eat some chips and salsa yeah. and drink margaritas and then go into Barbie with a buzz. Look, uh, and and I'm not faulting that at all, but you know, that's de- definitely way different than straight into another movie, which is what basically I did. Even if you even if you the way you did it, even if without the break, Barbie second. Absolutely not. I'm so happy I did it the way I did no it. Way. I would have been, it would have like in a way ruined Barbie a little bit for me if I had to go after, if I, and then after Oppenheimer, go, God damn it, I have to watch another fucking movie tonight, today. Like, I would have like, I loved going, Barbie had a party and then going and to Oppenheimer. I have something ah, to add over. here. I have something to yes, add here. Yes, go. Because there are more options than just doing Oppenheimer or oh, I know, Barbenheimer. Yeah. And I'm thinking I'm going to do Barben Oppenheimer. I think I'm going to go see Barbie oh, again. Bar- yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've thought about seeing this. Yeah, game because too. you need a palate cleanser after Oppenheimer. <laughs> the, yeah, well, before like- I even went to see Oppenheimer the next day, I was like, I, I want to see this movie again. And after I saw Oppenheimer, which I obviously you just, there's so much to think about mm-hmm. and like you want to talk about uh-huh. it. But I still, like, I had songs from Barbie in my head and I had, and, and without, you know, 
I mean, we're here to we're talk gonna about spoil it. The shit without about talking, it. yeah, I know we're going to talk about it, but I'm like, without spoiling like what I thought, <laughs> I cried so much that's, during that's Oppenheimer. The thing, <laughs> that's the thing too about Barbie is that Barbie, despite being a comedy musical, hyper saturated, fun movie about a, a doll, mm-hmm. still leaves you with I would say just as much, if not more, to think about than Oppenheimer I, does. I agree. And Barbie so, hits hard, so it's not like you. It's not like you went and you saw. Oppenheimer, and then you saw Minions 2. Well, this is with the benefit <laughs> of know? hindsight, though. You know, we didn't know how they were going to be in, in. I knew. Greta Gerwig. The, okay. The whole thing, the whole thing no, led no, me to no, believe no, no, no. that I was going to get something from both films, but one is going to be a much, is going to be easier for me to walk away and be like, that was at least fun and positive mm-hmm. and, and optimistic in many ways, so that way I can go to sleep that night. So okay, uh, uh, um, here here's what we should do first. Let's just give our okay. very general things on both movies okay. here at the beginning, and then we'll go break them down more. But to your point, I had both movies completely wrong about how I thought it was going to go down. Okay, right? I thought going into it based purely on you the thought trailers, he wasn't going to make a bomb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would refuse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I thought that based purely on the trailers alone that I was like, you know, I really have a bad feeling that Barbie is not going to be good. It's going to be disappointing. I thought that too. I was like, I saw the trailer and I was like, I wish I didn't watch the trailer. Yeah, and I was like, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I, have, I love Greta Gerwig. No bomb box, pretty cool. Like, like uh, I'm holding out hope, but the trailers did not do it justice and I was like I think it's going to be unfunny and kind of lame and annoying that's what I thought based mm-hmm. on the trailer I and then, that negatively well yeah and then <laughs> and then um Oppenheimer I was like all right fuck yeah you know a uh, uh, three-hour epic about the bomb or whatever Oppenheimer uh, I was expecting me blown away you know that I thought I was going to fucking love it and even yeah I was maybe going to be a downer I thought it was going to be like a downer mm-hmm. like a juicy one of those like all right this is what cinema is all about yeah you know I, I thought I was going to leave pumped I was and overall I was, I love this shit out of Barbie. That was love great. Barbie. You know, it was super funny, way funnier than it had any fucking right to be. You know, like only, I yeah, I can pick apart the annoying parts of the kind of preachiness that it gets towards the end, but whatever. It doesn't fucking ruin it. It was awesome. And uh, uh, I should have trusted Greta Gerwig. And I was pretty disappointed by Oppenheimer, to be honest. Because, because <laughs> Not completely, Barbie it, had taken you up so high yep. that no, Oppenheimer no, no, brought no, no, you no, no, down no, 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 to no, a different no, level. That is not true. If it, you had done them oppositely, you probably would have enjoyed them uh, both more. I did like Oppenheimer. I don't want to pretend, like I said disappointed. It, it sounds harsh, but I did like the movie. It's just that I and, and we're gonna break this down. But man, like, uh, just so fucking long, way too much trial, not enough bombs. Give me more explosions. He only made you know? so many bombs. Yeah. I know, but like, like uh, I don't know. Whatever. I know. I, I know what you're, you're saying. But like, I, it was I also cool and very well. interesting, and I like the story. But like, like Jesus, like it did not. Uh, and also, a weird little no, that's nitpick the sound thing. Of freedom is Jesus. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. like um, uh, this, you know, that like Tenet got all that shit for like the sound mixing being mm-hmm. all fucked up, and you're like, what the fuck? I can't hear. For the-? Oh. I have the same shit in Oppenheimer. I'm oh, in the really? 70 okay. millimeter IMAX, and I'm. Like crane my neck, going. Wait, mine was okay. I, okay. No, yeah. I could not fucking understand. I'm thank Half you. of the movie, I was, and I yes, I watch movies at home with subtitles, shows with subtitles. Yeah. But like Barbie, even there were some moments in Barbie too where just by my nature, I was like, what did he just say? Yeah. But Oppenheimer, it was like everything. I just had to pretend, like I was pretending for myself to be like, I didn't know what's happening. 
Oh yeah, yeah. There was, it, right. it was so hard to hear. I'm glad that yours what was good saying. because I asked so, people in the theater. Other people I'm like, did you guys have the same problem? Are they sitting somewhere else? Was it just where I was sitting? They're like, no, uh, it happened to us too. So I think Christopher Nolan has a problem. Yeah, yeah I think he a has lot a of fucking people do. Stupid. I think, problem. I think. I think. I think he he actively has disdain for people that say they can't hear his movies at this point. Well, fuck him. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know why you would like, if you go back like 20 years, movies were mixed differently and shot differently. And so like, also like one of the things that I really liked about Oppenheimer was like the, the continuous score that it never yeah. retreated it except lot. for one sequence. There's like, it's a score for like the whole thing. But when you have a low droning, and then also have characters like talking. I don't even know, like with deep bass. Yeah, deep it's like bass yeah. voice with layered on top of a low drone mm. of yeah. bass sound. It all bleeds together. I did make a note where I was like, oh, I can actually hear this one because Tenet really? was like a joke. Tenet was yeah. like, like someone's playing a prank on you because there's so many scenes in that where they're like, can you explain this high concept thing? What's going on? They're like, I will. Just give me a second. And then they put on a gas mask. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I'm like, number one, I don't know which character that is anymore, and I don't know what they're saying. And so. Well, and and that one was all fucked because not only was it mixed in a stupid-ass way, but then we were all watching it at the drive-in during COVID. Yeah. So it's I, like extra. I think some uh, of the, a lot of it, I think, too, is a theater problem. Like we, they just send these digital files no. and they don't do. Yeah, I think this so. is this is well, okay. It, IMAX, it is, IMAX, because you saw seventy millimeter IMAX, yeah. right? Um, IMAX is cool technology, uh -huh. but it's basically loudness technology. That's what I'm determining to be. Every time I go to an IMAX movie, I'm like, okay, it's louder. That's great. That's awesome. They do the thing where you go five, four, and I'm like, I am dying. Like it's too loud. <laughs> And it's cool, but it doesn't mean that those theaters are taking the time to, like, make sure it's perfect the same way he made sure it's perfect in a room like this. Well, you know? right, but that's kind of, to me, where I think it's still, that's on Christopher Nolan, because yeah, no oh, one yeah. else has this fucking problem. Yeah, yeah he's mixing it for his perfect... Uh, theater at the on the Universal lot, yeah, yeah. and he's like, "Wow, this sounds amazing to me. I'm sitting right here in the middle of the theater. It sounds great." Yeah, yeah. And then here we are, you know, I'm like, like in not yeah. optimized theaters, but that's on him. It's kind of no, like I agree. Me, it's the I same agree. thing. Like I Peter agree. Jackson uh, would be like, "The 240 frame rate is how it's gonna or, be." He or has the Game of Thrones DP going like, "No, it's not too dark. It's supposed and to be like, dark." No one saw it, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. No one saw it. Right, and like, he's like this. He's like, "No, my sound mixing is the best. It's actually the most naturalistic and optimized for whatever." It's like we can't fucking tell. Fuck yeah. you. Also, I don't want naturalistic can optimize. There's tons of times where I have to go, what? I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. And I can't do that in a movie. Like, but mine didn't yeah. if yours, if you had issues, mine didn't have issues. I didn't I mine, I mine did. I remarked on the fact that I was like, oh, a Christopher Nolan where I can actually hear the dialogue. Interesting. But it, it was still constantly bombarded with other sounds. There was so we there were scenes distracted. where I just All right, so everything. yeah, uh, that's enough of a rant about Chris Nolan's shitty mixing. But getting to our our broad our, takes, yeah, yeah. Oppenheimer and Barbie, let's go. I I was really so happy that I got to experience this this weekend. I think it was really cool. I know that studios cuz they're stupid as hell are going to take the wrong messages from all of this and not go, "Wow, we let really creative writers and directors and actors do the things that they want to do and make the projects that they want to make mm -hmm. without our fucking around with the exception of one thing that I'll mention later that drove me crazy in Barbie um but uh but <laughs> can you guess what it is yes yeah yeah um, <laughs> but um but yeah so like both of these movies I th think are 
just stellar. Mm-hmm. I thought they were stellar. Oh, yeah. um, I watching Oppenheimer. I thought, wow, this is epic. Probably doesn't. I still don't know that we we in the Western cinema have figured out the three hour film yet. Think if you went to Bollywood, maybe you'd see some differences where it's like Act One, Act Two, Act Three, intermission. Act One, Act Two, Act Three. Yeah. But we don't have that. It's Scorsese's just like he's nailed it a couple times. Has he? Wolf of Wall Street. I, I'm. You is know, that three hours? Goodfellas is two and a half. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's Wolf long movie. There's long two hour movies, but the three hour movie, it's I don't know. So, that we, it's too long. We haven't figured it out. Um, Especially when the la- when the bomb blows up two hours into it, and then you got a fucking trial. That's for the what I'm saying. The they o- something always shifts. So either you get this big old bulky Act One, and, or a huge Act Three and a weird Act Two. It's just things are not. It doesn't follow an mm. arc that I feel like satisfying to pull you up and then drop you off. That being said, I was interested the whole time. I didn't ever feel like checking my watch. Um, I don't know that I necessarily walked away going like, "Wow, he's such an amazing." I was so compelled. I all this aspect of American history, I had no idea, and now this changes everything. I didn't necessarily feel that way. It just felt like Christopher Nolan was really interested. Mm-hmm. Like he read an Oppenheimer book, and he was like, "Wow, this guy's really interesting." Right. He wanted to tell that story. Performances, great. Cinematography, great. Solid. Score, great. Um, but uh, but I like. I also like when Christopher Nolan has fun. So for me, like Inception is like his like. Piece de resistance because it has all that heady stuff in it and all those other elements, but then it's also like, eh, it's fun. People come to the movies, <laughs> eat popcorn, and watch fun shit. Yeah. Um, Barbie, I thought, I mean, I, I um, have like almost no notes. Like, I just thought it was so fun. I only watched that f- one first trailer with the kids, with the, the mm-hmm. opening sequence, essentially. And then I was like, I'm good. I'm in. Um, that was and the way to go. I have no emotional connection to Barbie, mm-hmm. but uh, I thought it was so much fun. I thought the texture of the Barbie world, Barbie land, was like so great. I was like, man, so they, no one builds sets anymore. They built oh, just all how these look, sets. You mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, this is great. The cars and everything. It felt like, and it was like so much you could touch and play with and stuff. And I also was surprised too because I thought it was. Thought for sure it would be like, oh yeah, she goes off, and now the whole rest of the movie is this dumb Barbie going into the real world, and everyone's mean to her because they don't water. like Barbie there. But then when like without saying, it, it's not what that is necessarily. Um, but yeah, my my my, I think my only two notes on Barbie were one, I was expecting the transition to real world to be more like. Like it was going to be our real world, but it was still a cartoon real world. Yeah, I would like. Yeah, we, which I, is I a little a little strange too. for me because I was like, oh, okay, they're like it's going to be our world, but it wasn't our world. It muddies the message was, a little bit. It was bit still too. a world where Will Ferrell is a cartoon and uh-huh. like they like the saying. cubicles are surreal. Like there's still surrealism in that version of the real world, which I thought was a little strange. And then of course in the boardroom scene. The Warner Brothers Discovery Building in the background that you know Zaslav was like, you better put it in there. It's an icon. It's an LA icon. Yeah. It doesn't exist, by the way. There is no Warner Brothers Discovery Building. And I hope that in 10, 
15, 20 years, Barbie the movie is still something that we talk about and watch. And that building is something we laugh at because that's not even a corporation that exists anymore. All right. Interesting. Uh, gripes. Uh, Lindsay, your broad take on the films. Um, well, I saw Barbie first. I saw it on Saturday. And for me, like I played with Barbies when I was a little mm-hmm. kid. What? I had dozens and dozens of Barbies. Never had any Kens, though. Of course. But I would I did have like a Star Trek doll and he was like the Ken. Yeah. Um, so I but, you know, I'm in my 30s. I haven't played with a Barbie. I, I see them and I go, I I don't want to buy that Barbie, but I don't because mm-hmm. I'm an adult. <laughs> There's a Gundam back there. I mean, yeah, they just well, need to sell it that yeah, you can assemble but now, a Barbie. Honestly, no, after this movie, for sure, I'm like, I kind of want to go get a Barbie. Barbie these, Gundam. Are, these are Jacob's Barbies. Um, the, I built that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. These are Lindsay's Barbies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I... She's like, be careful with that. <laughs> put that back down. <laughs> Why don't I just take that away from you right now and uh, put that back down? Um... <laughs> I really loved Barbie a lot. I did not expect it to be quite so emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, it it hit hard. I think, you know, I saw it with a, I think it was just me and my boyfriend who saw it, but um, he cried at the very end just because he said he missed his mom. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were going to say when she got her vagina. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I was full on like tears falling a lot throughout a mm-hmm. lot of it. In the beginning, just because I was like, oh, it's so fun. Like, I love mm-hmm. it. In the middle, because I was like, oh, well, this shit's real. <laughs> and then in the end, because I was like, oh, little bow. Yeah, they say some bow. beautiful things about, I think that's like, I mean, of course, there's a bunch of backlash over Barbie. And it's just people who, that you can't, you can't find happiness in people that find anger in that movie, I think. Well, I, um, I mean. Uh, like calling I, it woke? Yeah, yeah. Well, this, like being so pissed off by this movie. Like yeah, the, by its like existence you're an idiot and, if you're getting too pissed off. But there is a lot I think you could definitely, uh, you know, uh, whatever, uh, pick, pinpoint. Oh, uh, these, but these aren't film critics that are. Sure, upset. yeah. These yeah. aren't people who are criticizing the way the movie was made as a film. They're criticizing it because of the subject matter that it discusses. And I think that's, I think, I think it's really interesting because it's so much of it focuses on feminism and uh of course the patriarchy and, and it said like no that. less than like 50 yeah times in yeah the movie. but i think at the end it does a really good job and it just gives a human message it just like talks about humanity in general and it like if you can't sit in those the theater and feel like you know regardless of your gender you can pull something from what's being said in that movie, then I don't know. And I think very, this is exactly why I do want to see it again because I was so overcome with emotion, like from the middle of it, basically to the end, where I don't, I couldn't tell you half of what they said in the end because mm-hmm. I was just trying to keep it in check of like, I'm in a movie theater <laughs> and it's full movie theater. And am I the only one like hysterical right now? Because mm-hmm. I might be. Um, so that, that is a reason I really want to see it again. Um, but I loved it. I thought yeah. it was so fun. It was so funny. And yeah. I was like, Ryan Gosling can just, just should just do more funny stuff. Like the mm-hmm. one he's standing there and then he's like, yeah, flexes. Well, and I was like, oh, when, so when he, when he goes, could you, could you hold on just a minute? And then he goes back and he goes, sublime. Yeah. <laughs> he just comes back and he's like, Hey, yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, even like, I loved America Ferreira. Like she mm-hmm. was so great. Um, and the whole the whole movie was just really fun. Uh, the next day I saw Oppenheimer and I sort of was dreading it just because I don't like three hour movies. Mm-hmm. And I don't even really like I'm not crazy about going to the theater. It's fine when I go. But I after the movie ended, I was like, I don't remember my life before I came to see Oppenheimer. <laughs> it was so long. And there was a lot of stuff that could have just 
lift right out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, I'm sure I like learned some of this stuff at some point in my life about like the father of the atom bomb or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I did not know a lot of it. And mm-hmm. uh, like some people were trying to talk about it beforehand, like just talk about his life. And I was like, ah! Don't spoil it. No spoilers. They're like, it's yeah. history. I'm like, I know, but I'm about to just watch a cinematic experience. And so for me, I think that worked really well mm-hmm. for me because I didn't know a lot of the shit. Mm-hmm. I was you like, had read the Wikipedia articles. I was like, what's going to happen next? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Does he die at the end of the movie? Like, I don't know. <laughs> does um, a bomb fall on him? Does, yeah, does, you know. But so for me, I think that worked really well. I did go on Wikipedia, and I do that with every movie, mm-hmm. every show. I go, let me read about the actors. Mm-hmm. Let me read about the director. I've been watching, like, interviews with the cast and, yeah, how Christopher Nolan came to, to say, I want to do Oppenheimer. And mm-hmm. So for me, it was also very good, but it was too long. I'll say this about Oppenheimer, my one last thoughts before we get into the nitty-gritty. There is a point where you're watching it where you're like, is this going to work? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, you're watching it, and you're like, up the world, like, like is in this, World War Two, or not even that. It's more oh. like it's like, what is the atmosphere going to explode? Like you're like, you, there is a moment there where you catch yourself and you're like, oh, right, 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 right. They must it's have 2023. They must have I, fixed it, it by yeah, now. It didn't happen. Probably, it happened, but probably they fixed it. Didn't it. Oh, they took some creative liberties. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be awesome if they, yeah, if he'd like Tarantino did. Yeah, I was like, if Tarantino made it, <laughs> he just. <laughs> Uh, Hitler survived, and we 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 shoved it down his fucking throat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We made him eat the nuclear bomb, <laughs> yeah, yeah. one little marble at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, go so, ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. Yeah, you you're. What did you? Let's get here. Okay, so let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's go. Barbie oh, I want to. He did his own. He started. Oh, you started. started. I started. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Barbie. Um, you you talk about the world building and stuff, specifically the product, the literal production design, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know. But like, I just loved so much just the whatever you want to call it, the rules of this thing. You know how it's essentially it's whatever a however a three or four year old would be playing, you know, mm-hmm. with dolls is yeah. is the <laughs> is the universe. Weird know? Barbie. Yeah, well, weird Barbie, you know, mm. so I love that about it. Just how yeah. it was so fun and playful. It w- literally was like written like a four-year-old or something wrote it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just all these, you know, insane things that it kind of happened out of nowhere. Like you'd be playing with dolls, yeah, you know, yeah. like uh, uh, Alan beating the shit out of all those people randomly mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, just stuff like that. But yeah, the splits, uh, weird Barbie Like doll. The, the ambulance that comes on and it oh, opens, and it opens up. up. Oh, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. so perfect. And yeah, it yeah. was sort of like, this is a crazy storyline, but... This is what I would do. Be like, now Ken's going to the hospital. Barbie, right. will you marry me? Like, yeah, it yeah. makes perfect yes. sense in the context of the thing. I just thought that they had that 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 was a blast. Just every minute there was a funny funny gag like was, on that yeah. theme, and it was just so well, awesome watching them play with that. It also, you know, used so much Barbie lore that I don't have, sure, but was yeah. clearly like so. Someone went and they were like, "Give us every a picture, all the Barbies, mm. and we're gonna start pulling." Stuff you know, we're gonna discuss. Yeah. It's almost felt like Spider Verse, right? Like where there's so much detail in there. Uh-huh. So then, but then they're like, "How can we use this in hilarious and funny ways?" So like, obviously, you have like President Barbie, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then you have like Beach Ken, and yeah. then and like they stop and they go like, "He's like, oh, I'm not a lifeguard, <laughs> and uh, I'm not a surfer. I don't even know how to swim. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like." 
beach. <laughs> and you're like, that's a funny, you don't think yeah. about it when you see toys in the aisle and it's like beach can. What does that even mean? Yeah. But like it plays on all of that. And then, of course, like over the end credits, you see like all the actual dolls that they took. Like discontinued Barbies, yeah. like yeah. the one with the TV in the back. Like, oh, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So I think those that attention to detail is always really fun because it's the person the person who's making it basically they clearly had a point of view but then they didn't sacrifice that point of view in favor of making something else wild right mm-hmm. like yeah, it could go either way i always think of the super mario brothers movie where it's like clearly those filmmakers had a point of view but they also didn't give a shit about mario <laughs> you know <laughs> um, so uh so then this is this is the perfect combination of both where they had a point of view they had something mm-hmm. wanted to say about barbie and then but then they also had this like appreciation for it so they wanted to make sure it was genuine in a lot mm-hmm. of ways and like check the boxes so yeah um yeah so uh world building was amazing mm-hmm. uh the the uh the, the soundtrack sound- soundtrack was fucking so awesome fun. great know? songs and, and really funny gagged with the soundtrack yep. you know the, the restarting the day yeah, yeah. Thing, and then all the hilarious you know, war, uh, uh, lines of dialogue that were mm-hmm. talking about what was on I screen. I also appreciated, great. which you know doesn't always work in every film, but the breaking of the fourth wall with, like, literally the narrator over mm-hmm. the scene of Margot Robbie saying she's ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Margot Robbie is not the per- best. Yeah, person Yeah, and then even this. the Mattel logo over the bleep at the end mm-hmm. when I think the Lisa bleep Ray was hilarious. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the Margot Robbie line. Yeah, that was funny. I, I wish that it happened more. I guess maybe, but like, because it does come out of nowhere and take you out. But uh, whatever, it's not like a. That, it the was thing funny. is, it's like it's not going to be as funny when I watch that part again. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah because yeah. it was it was shocking. I was like, uh-huh. oh, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's it, why it worked. Is a box office opening weekend movie for sure. Yeah, I think that's another thing that's so great about it is that's a movie that like watching in theaters is probably more fun with oh, other absolutely. people laughing around it with was you so and stuff. Fun, yeah. And if you're like six months from now, you're like, eh, I'm gonna see what Bar. Bar- I never w- saw that Bar. I'm the only person yeah. who never watched Barbie and contributed to its record-breaking box office. I'm gonna download it on VOD. It probably will be a different experience. I mm. have one note that I want to bring up. I know we're gonna talk about Oppenheimer after, but uh, seeing Barbie and everybody's laughing and giggling and then maybe you know crying and whatever, and then. Seeing Oppenheimer, there was like little funny moments and stuff. It was like three guys behind me chuckling at different things. And I was like, is that funny? I don't even know what they said just now. But like they were just constantly laughing. No, they and weren't watching only, Oppenheimer. Right <laughs> it they were watching Barbie on their guys. phones. Yeah. No, it was only those guys. Yeah. And I was like, are, are they physicists back here? Like, what are they? <laughs> Anyways. What was Jacob saying? Jacob saying in the meeting this morning that like there were a couple jock guys in his theater that once it crossed over the two hour mark, they just went, oh, come on. With every, every single other scene, I'm like, geez, what did no one said you had to come here? Yeah. <laughs> Not look at the runtime. No one him. said you had to come here. You had all the materials. The research could have been done. Uh-huh. Um. So, OK, Barbie, uh, any other big Things he liked, you know, that you wanted to point out. Uh, we talked about Ryan Gosling's amazing performance. I hope he gets the supporting actor yeah. um, uh, win. <laughs> Again, I thought it. I thought it was really fun how it um, juggled surrealism, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it. We we didn't need to get into it, but talking about how like you film surrealism is can be tough, mm-hmm. and like stuff where like Ken hits the hits the wave and then it's just like him clearly on wires but I was like yeah. thinking like that's what you would do you'd like yeah. flim, flip him end over end or something like sure. that it was really fun and uh, and then like the way they transport like they they were like eh just show stuff and then also when just like in scenes 
everything breaks away and they're just on a giant soundstage. And it's like it's like an old Hollywood mm-hmm. movie or whatever, you know, with the dance sequence or whatever. Mm. I, I, I was like, I was like, oh, the timing of this was really good when they chose to be like, all right, hammer it down and then pull it back and then hammer it down and pull it back. So fun fact during that dance scene, the I'm Ken dance scene, uh, our projector broke and oh. uh, we all got our money back. But then they rewinded it 10 minutes. We had to watch the 10 minutes before that again to that's catch back up. That oh, was great. So the the one. OK, yeah, the one that that's later in the film. Oh, yeah, it's way later. not the yeah, early yeah. disco one, which the is battle, the Ken, no, no, the Ken, Ken battle. battle. No. Yeah. Um, so, okay, let's talk about the message of the movie. You talk about it had a humanist message. Could you, can you tell us what that is? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it, it's framed through battle with the patriarchy, uh-huh. right? Um, because the whole pivot is that Barbie, uh, goes into the real world for other reasons, more personal reasons, but then quick, quickly it's discovered through the eyes of Ken that like this place operates very different. Yeah. Where the Barbie land is Barbie centric, women women rule everything, kind of an idealized. It, it says it. It does. A, there's a whole spiel at the beginning where it's saying this is the Barbie. Everyone in the Barbie universe thinks they figured it out. They solved all these problems. Yeah, right. in the real they, world. All the little girls are so grateful that Barbie figured it out, mm-hmm. which I like because it is an admission that like. To unravel Barbie is really complex, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. while simultaneously saying like, like you little girl, you can go to the moon. It's also saying like, but you shouldn't have hips that actually hold your upper body up. You know, like there's a lot of mixed messages with Barbie historically right. mm-hmm. um, that I think everyone can agree upon. And so how do you unpack that? It's not an entirely feminist action figure. And I think it's based, isn't it based on like a, Swedish uh, porno doll or something. I don't know. Is I that think old it, woman in on the seventeenth floor made it. Yeah, I think she it was inspired by like a thing that like like I want to say it was like Sweden or something that like truckers would have. It's like oh look at this little like a little it's a woman oh like okay. a busty little figure. Um, so like even its conception comes from something like sexualized and stuff. Um, but yeah, so then through that discovery, there's like a back and forth with Ken who is essentially wholly marginalized in his world as an mm-hmm. accessory to women mm-hmm. in Barbie and what happens when he's exposed to this other thing. And it, it, I think it becomes it's, Andrew Tate. I, 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 I thought <laughs> Logan Paul. Okay. Like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Logan Paul's um, way less toxic, I would say. All right, quote th- clip that. Um, <laughs> I mean, sure, sure, then, then sure. Andrew but Tate, at I mean. this point, um, but I, I thought when his outfit, his mojo, his oh, faux mojo, like sure. I was like, I was like, mojo uh, dojo casa house. Yeah, yeah, I was like, he's definitely he kind of gives out a Logan Paul vibe here for sure. Um, but yeah, so I really appreciate it, especially there's a couple big points for me, which is one when America Ferrer gives her speech. Yeah. Well, that so so yeah. So in that speech, it's obviously like just laid all out there. You know, this this movie is not subtle at no, all. No, no, and no. It's, uh, which is Barbie, like which no, it's exactly. Barbie. Like, it probably shouldn't be expect, subtle, right? And, and I didn't expect to even go, you know, to uh, yeah, get what we got. Like, but like, yeah. like it was. Um, I thought that just it was sprinkled throughout, nice. But then at the end, it's just like sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, which you know, I oh, I can only speak for myself, but. I do know that I saw it with with a lot of women that were like, I fucking 
love that. I'm so glad that someone just said it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. It's the feeling that women feel all the time. And it's so like you saying, you know, it's hitting you over the head. But I feel like you kind of have you need it. I'm not saying that even in a negative way. I'm just saying like, you know, like like. Like you said, I, yeah. I don't think the Barbie movie needed to be ambiguous in any way. Right. You know? yeah. Well, like, the rest of the movie feels like it's a metaphor. Right. And this was like, all right, no, we're pulling back, the, pulling yeah. back the metaphor. And the this thing is too what that I'm saying I appreciated about it, I mean, besides just of everything that she said in the speech, was just like, it was an ending. And I was like, yes, 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 everything. And that's that's why I was so emotional. That's why I was hysterical because I was like, oh my God, it's everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was great. <laughs> no, it was but awesome. then I do think I think from that scene though, like that every, every woman I spoke to got something major from that scene, and I think men should take something away from that as well. Even if most of those things don't apply to you, some of them may, but probably not every single thing there applies to every single man. Right. Um. But uh. But I still think afterwards, when then Barbie was trying to reconcile her place in everything, right? Because mm-hmm. once she does kind of figure out what she does and doesn't want, there's a, a humanist moment, which is feel like anyone should be able to take something with, yeah. which is like, well, you don't fit in here. Where, like, what do you want for yourself? You're like, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I don't know. know. Mm. And then, and then the person who's explaining it is like, is like, nobody does really. Yeah. You know, real. No one kind of does. Like, look at me. Like, again, spoiler. But Barbie meets the creator of Barbie, yeah. mm-hmm. who like explains like, I made you, and look at me. Like, you know, like so. I, who knows where we're supposed to go or what we're supposed to think and mm-hmm. how it's supposed to end up. But like, you kind of have to trust yourself and know that the answer isn't always going to come for you just, you know, right away. And, right. you know, maybe you don't fit in here anymore. Maybe it's not something you want anymore. Maybe you're evolved past it. And I thought that's something like anyone can, t- anyone can and should take something from. Mm-hmm. And then it, uh, that leads to quite possibly the most subversive end to a, uh, to a toy-based movie ever is it ends with Barbie getting her pussy. Um, so let's talk about that, uh, Lindsay. What did you think about uh, <laughs> the very end of the film? <laughs> I think that what it really says is like you're expecting her, oh, she's going to go to her job interview. But like, she's just being a woman. That's what yeah. it says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's, a, and that, that's okay. She doesn't have to go to some job interview because that's what... I'm expecting as a viewer of like, oh, now she's going to get a job in the real world or, you know, or now she has to go get married. No, she's just being a woman. <laughs> go for a checkup. That's fine. The, I appreciated it, too, because um, not that I've ever been to my gynecologist, but <laughs> um, I do feel like it's it hits you with so much of that heavy stuff. And as someone who has always like crutched with comedy, mm-hmm. the movie also is like. But we're not gonna. Let's send you home with a joke. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like we got a point. Mm-hmm. We made our point. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. We're done. We're done. Everyone's done crying. Right, right, right. And then go, boom. One great joke punchline that's set up earlier in the movie, and then the credits roll. And I know. Like, I love it. It's great. Like, it's well, great. now I mean that sets up the sequel so perfectly. God it's gonna. It. <laughs> God damn it. That's the thing too. As I was watching, it, I was like, oh, here's what studios are gonna be like. A Ken movie. Oh, well. the, the, the Ken sequel is coming. He was such a beloved character in this. Everyone loved Ken so much that we're going to get a sequel. It just, yeah, it's going to start with a tampon being thrown into the trash can, slow zoom in, mm-hmm. you know. It, and 
The, I think the yeah the fun funny thing about like Spider Man too. Um, the funny thing about uh, Barbie is the whole time you're watching, you're like, did did Mattel know about this? Like, <laughs> yeah. Did someone tell Mattel? How did this get made? Yeah. Did Mattel t- know about this? Because like <laughs> like it calls it calls out the fact that they don't really have women CEOs. Like it calls out a bunch of shit about Mattel. Mm. But apparently, the CEO of Mattel is like. We wanted someone. We know Barbie's complex, and yeah. we wanted someone, and we trusted her. And Margot Robbie was the reason this whole got started. I mean, like it's funny she brought this concept to Greta Gerwig. Well, didn't the Barbie movie wasn't it? Amy Schumer was going to make it for like a decade ago. Yeah, a decade oh, yeah, ago when they were trying to get it going. But Margot Robbie, for like however like years, has been like going like I I want to do a Barbie movie. I want to do a Barbie. So even before Greta was involved or any of them were involved, and then she was the one who like took a meeting with this new CEO at Mattel, mm-hmm. and then and then she was like, let me talk. My number one choice. Is Greta Gerwig. Let me go talk to her. And then so Margot Robbie set this whole thing up. That's awesome. But um, I, I loved all the, like, like they totally leaned into the Mattel product placement mm-hmm. stuff. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, they just were like, roast us, basically. I, I yeah. love that, like, they immediately were like, let's sell the Ken Mojo Dojo Casa House. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's selling like hotcakes. Because, like, <laughs> the shit's getting fucked up in the Barbie world and it's reflected mm-hmm. in the real world. Yeah, yeah. It was really fun. But so it was weird that Mattel seemed like they were like, yeah, whatever. And then and then Warner Brothers is like, you should put the Warner Brothers Discovery logo on the building next to the Hollywood sign. Yeah, that was like the I was like, I bet that was an argument. I have one friend who works at Mattel and I was thinking about her being like, oh, she's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we all love the movie. Yeah. I this was a, a solid film. It was uh, I'm really glad it exists. I'm going to see it again. It's, you know. I will say it's pretty surreal. I was like trying to de- figure out how to describe it to my neighbors who are a bit older, mm-hmm. but like the the husband not at all interested in Barbie. Yeah, but the my wife dad is like very interested in Barbie, and so I told them I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go see Oppenheimer." He was like, "Oppenheimer, huh?" And then and then uh, and I was like, "How would I explain this in such a way?" Because I really want her to go see it, mm-hmm. even if he hates it. Barbie. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I don't know if it's gonna land for him. Uh-huh. And maybe he may be too far gone, right? <laughs> just age wise or whatever, yeah. or just interest wise that he might not be open to. But I was like, it's a surreal comedy with musical elements that has very poignant messaging <laughs> about Barbie. <laughs> so uh, good luck. So I don't know, because he I saw him and he was like, which one did you think was better? And I was like, I don't know. It's like comparing like Shawshank Redemption to Paddington Two. Like <laughs> well, I, I like Paddington Two more than that. I, I guess I would uh, pick Paddington yeah. Two as well. And, but I mean, I think it's no no contest. Barbie's better than Oppenheimer. I'm just gonna, I will die on that cross. Okay. Um, Nobody's trying to crucify you for that opinion. Yeah. Well, think. well, someone will. So we'll I mean, yeah, not nobody here anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess we can stop talking about Barbie. You know, we all liked it. Um, like I said, I did, did think it get a little. It kind of beats you over the head a little bit at yeah, the yeah. end, you know, where yeah. I'm like, all right, uh, kind of eye roll a little bit, but it's like, it's just fine. This is good. You know, it's still, yeah. the whole movie is great. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> also, Ryan Gosling looked great. Oh, May- maybe oh. peak maybe peak physique for Ryan Gosling. Maybe. Because oh, I've been watching him for some yeah. time, and, you know, he's always called like a beefcake, and I go, oh, well. I'm like he's doing more goofball. Crazy shit. was yeah. it? Crazy stupid love, where he's like shirtless or that shirtless scene. Probably. And I'm like, I'm like, he could, he could, 
he could tighten up in I, places. I, I this one, his, but I got no notes. I, I touch no a notes. smooth genital blob any day. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Anyway. Estas disfrutando de mi podcast. Thanks to Babbel, I know what that means. Do you? The best way to learn a language is through immersion, living where the language is spoken natively and using it every day. But that's not possible for everyone. So what's the second best way to learn a language? Babbel. Because with Babbel, you can start speaking a new language in just three weeks. This summer, you can start speaking a new language with Babbel. Why Babbel? Because it works. Instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor or fooling yourself with language apps that are a little more than just games, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations. All of Babbel's tips and tools for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. For instance, one study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. With over 10 million subscriptions sold, Babbel is real language learning for real conversations. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com fhpod. Get 55% off at Babbel.com slash FHPod, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FHPod. Rules and restrictions may apply. Anyway, Oppenheimer. Okay, mm-hmm. let's get into the fucking shit about Oppenheimer. All right. Um, things we liked. Uh, um, James, uh, you're good at starting I mean, these. I thought all the, I th- again, <laughs> you know. in terms of pure elements of filmmaking, it's all there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like. Is it? I thought so. I mean, with maybe not less so editorial. Okay, that's where, um, but that's a big but thing. But like, in terms of it being edited, it was fine. But I think there's a certain aspect of like, is this truly a three-hour story? I don't know if it is. Absolutely I don't think. Not. It don't is. know if it is. I think um, a lot of stuff could have been lifted out. But uh, but when you basically give someone a semi-blank check to turn in whatever size script that they want to, in the case of Christopher Nolan, I don't think anyone's gonna go like, hey, Chris. Do we really need that stuff between pages 242 and Do we really need the 15th scene of them in the classroom? Like, Right. Um, yeah, but I, I I thought the perfor- number one of the performances sent out. I was really happy for Killian Murphy because he's always in the sidelines mm-hmm. of Nolan's movies. And he finally got to star in one. And like he's gone. Like he completely disappears into it. Though about halfway through Unsettling. Uh, halfway through I was like someone needs to use AI and replace it with Kramer from Seinfeld and I think it'll still work in a lot of situations. Ugh. Um but uh but yeah, he was great. I actually I did like Robert Downey Jr's performance. I saw it with a group and and when we came out of the movie the first review anyone in our group gave was uh Stanley Tucci. Wow. <laughs> and we went you mean Robert Downey Jr.? <laughs> that was Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. Um, oh my god! Uh, that was but, kind of a Stanley Tucci role. It was a Tucci for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I a thought tooch tooch. I thought it was really. It covered a lot of ground. Um, the score I thought was amazing. Um, biggest notes would be I still don't think it needed to be three hours, mm-hmm. and I wish that when they introduced a new character, it would freeze frame on them <laughs> and say their name and occupation. <laughs> Because you wanted, they, a, you wanted a guy Richie. They would just conversationally 
Yeah, Guy Ritchie. They just conversationally introduced people, right? Like, oh, Dr. So-and-so, Dr. New so-and-so, person, Dr. So-and-so. Person, a room full of person. 12 doctors. Dr. So-and-so, Dr. So-and-so. <laughs> and they all do this stuff like that. And then very important stuff will be said about those doctors that when they are not around in other Later, scenes. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Oppenheimer will be like, well, Dr. So-and-so said this about that thing, and this is very, extremely important. And I go, which doctor was that? Yeah, they're like, Dr. So-and-so could be the Soviet spy. And I'm like, who? Yeah, I, yeah. I still don't know who Tiller uh, and Alva, Alvinetti or whatever. You know who I'm talking about? Like no. the the there was like there was like the the, the Alvinetti situation. Don't or oh Cavalli- Ca- 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 uh, Cavalier. Yeah, which character is that? That was the sw- the communist sweater guy. Okay, I, but they uh, the, the thing I think his name was Robert Cavalier, <laughs> okay. right? The guy who remember when he's like he's like, can you just raise my kid because uh-huh. he's crying? Oh right. Whatever he goes to those communists' house. Yes. And uh, and then that, he's also the same guy who approaches him and he's like, you know, if you ever want to feed any mo- yeah. any information to the Soviets, I might know a guy, theoretically. Yeah. And he's like, uh, I would never right. want to do that, but okay. Yeah. That guy, unless I completely got it wrong, I'm pretty sure he was Cavalier. That makes because sense. Because yeah. he, he was the communist party connection that tied to Oppenheimer. But, uh, but yeah, so. Yes, Lindsay? I was just gonna say I played with myself a mini game in the in the while watching the movie, which was oh look at that actor, I know oh, him from yeah. this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there That's was an actor that Drake I was like, Josh. that is an actor who was on the CW show The One Hundred. <laughs> like, oh okay, literally. And then the guy who was the interrogator, uh, Rob. Something Rob? Yeah, yeah. Rob was Another the Rob prosecutor or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I was like, that guy is a jewel thief in the Mary Kay Nashley direct a home movie movie. Our lips are sealed. What? <laughs> really? Yes, he, he really Zero is. Dark I recognize him. Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Is, is he Edgerton? Is that is, is he one of those guys? I recognize him from the Mary Kay Nashley movie. I don't know. That's not, but yeah, uh, I was getting confused Drake with Jason or Clark. Josh okay. Peck from yeah, Drake and Josh. Yeah. And he was the button pusher. Um, which I was wondering, like, oh, is yeah, he yeah. gonna actually get lines? Because I kept seeing him. Yeah. And then, yeah, he had a big moment. And then, uh, Bongo, Jack, Jack Quaid. Quaid. Yep. I was oh, like, yeah. can't play in the box. Well, that's that's the thing. When when Christopher Nolan says, "You want? Do you want two lines in my movie?" You say yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was um somebody was telling me that like the scientist who he was portraying actually was just like loved to play the bongos and play the bongos all the time. Yeah. Because it seemed a little absurd when they're celebrating the bomb goes off and he's on top of something yeah, playing yeah. the bongos and I'm like, really? There's a lot of wild. If you look at, I'm sure BuzzFeed, if Buzz, is BuzzFeed still around? I don't know. This, this, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Some, some AI generated website is going to do an article that's going to be like, the Oppenheimer actors and their real life counterparts. And yeah. it'll be pretty shocking because like some of them are like wild how they got the hair and makeup to match. Yeah. Um, B- Benny Safdie from Hell the Safdie yeah. Brothers playing the super Russian job. guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, He's playing, oh, the very Russian guy the, with all the suntan. Who emotional. was always sweaty the whole yeah. time yeah. because they were covering up his facial prosthetics. <laughs> um, and I was gonna say uh, the other guy who was like his kind of buddy who was like always telling him to eat and stuff. Um, he was the head elf in the Santa Claus. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I heard. Yeah, yeah. I, a lot of people in my group were talking about that as well. Yeah. Was that from the Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah. Josh Hartnett returns, uh-huh. starting what I think will be the Wait, Josh Hartnessance. Josh Hartnett. Where? He was All the, over that the movie. first guy that he meets when he goes to. Oh my God! Yes, he's the yeah uh, with the glasses. Yeah. I did not even recognize the, that. That the, was him. 
I'm calling it now the Heart oh Renaissance. <laughs> the okay. Heart Renaissance. Yeah, because he he Not was the like, Hange? no, no, this is a Heart Renaissance. <laughs> um, because like obviously heartthrob actor in his youth, but now he's a little bit older. Mm. Clearly got the chops. Oh, he was looking and he's good, he's aged too. very very well. Yeah. As I've said in the past, he is just Tommy Lee Jones with the time machine. Um, look he, at young pictures of Tommy Lee Jones. It's just Josh Hartnett. Um, big flub. Mib three. Big flub. Mib three. Um, so, uh, but I think that we're gonna see a bu- him getting cast. He's gonna do some sort of thing. We're gonna see him Academy Award nominations. He's Josh Hartnett. It's the Hartnessance. Hartnessance. I'm here for it. All right. So here's a bunch of my gripes. Okay. Here All we right. go. Okay. So yeah, we it goes without saying. Three hour movie. You better fucking bring it. Sorry. Can I if say you one can more fill thing? Up three hours. What's up? One more thing. Go for Elise it. told me that she had read that there was full frontal that that Killian Murphy was okay, going to We so had this talk earlier. We're going to talk yes. about this. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, no, go, I was go for say, it. So at least it told me that that the Killian Murphy was going to hang dong in this movie. Yes, so the whole that. time you're watching. I was you're like, looking. I'm waiting for it. Here it goes. And even at the end of the movie, he's talking to Einstein and I was like, how are they going to get his dong into this? There's got to be 2 minutes left. Um, no, I had given up on it by Conspiracy. that point. Conspiracy. I saw it. What do you mean you saw it? I saw it under the table. Lindsay came up to me this morning and goes, Ryan, <laughs> did you see Killy Murphy's dong? Oh. You know, and I'm like, no. And she's like, and then oh, Jacob- when he's in the interrogation <laughs> yeah. and they like show him naked. I swear I saw it. We all sit, close our eyes. We can. All I see. mean, I was looking every. I was at IMAX fucking <laughs> seventy millimeter. I got to know, and I saw also in seventy millimeter. And I got to know, maybe people in the comments, because apparently I'm the only one who saw it. Maybe. I saw. I feel like I saw. All right, well, we have a Mandela effect some, here. Some Indeed. versions of the movie are like going out in other mm-hmm. countries where uh, where Florence Pugh has, has a, a black dress, dress on. CGI. I saw that. I've seen so. the pictures, yeah. Um, looked pretty good CGI, too. Like, I don't want to have to go fucking see this movie again for, for three that. hours just to go prove that I saw the fucking... You saw us, Don. That uh, every sex scene cracked me up. I was uh, th- those are things I did like about the mm-hmm. movies. All the sex scenes, the uh-huh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah, okay. the one in the boardroom because he kept he every single time he go, I'm gonna explode. <laughs> 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 he always had that did that weird digital timer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten, Chastity nine. Yeah, no, you start eight. lower. Yeah. You start at five. <laughs> <laughs> but the the boardroom where it's like you know you see them having sex at the boardroom was amazing, and then there's then the one sex scene where that's after they've had sex but it's like Killian Murphy has his legs crossed all weird you know mm-hmm. yeah. uh, for some reason was just the, his pose the way he's sitting with little yeah, thin yeah. boys they yeah. can sit like that and then uh, and little then the boys. first one where <laughs> she makes him read the Sanskrit uh, yeah oh yeah yeah uh, but you know destroyer of worlds thing I mean that's cl- classic sex scene yeah, yeah. in cinema um, yeah I loved all three of those uh, so anyway, um, I wish it was way gripes. more sex. Sorry, gripes. My, my gripes. Yeah, I wish it was way more sex. Mm-hmm. I wish I was at least half of the runtime. Um, and I wish he had said, I'm going to explode multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made the movie way better. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, okay. I mean, it, it is, I, I don't really understand the structural uh, choice of, like, you know, them dropping the bomb two hours in for mm-hmm. the man, for the Manhattan Project uh, or the Trinity Test or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And then I got to say, I was one of those people, you know, there's kind of a debate online. It's like, like, all right, you know, it's all from Oppenheimer's point of view. Right. So I get why you don't see anything that's going on in Japan. You don't see the bomb getting right. dropped. You mm-hmm. know, that was a deliberate choice. Yeah. Which I respect and appreciate. And I think yeah. it works. However, <laughs> it's kind of like I was sitting there going, go, wait. So wait, the last 
hour of this movie is basically about a man getting his security clearance uh, well, taken away. Who gives a fuck? There's I like 100,000 people that are incinerating it, in the background it's here. It's way more than that, though. There's, yeah, there's, more than yeah. that. And I, well, I know it's more than that, and I'm not just reducing it to that, but it's like, while I was watching the film, you know, I, I, as I've had time to think about it, I, I agree. I think that there's, there's reason for all this stuff. But, uh-huh. like, I'm watching it, I'm going, all right, you know, we got to the Trinity test. This is like, you know... The last hour is kind of, I think, could have been 20 minutes, basically. Sure, no, yeah, I agree and, with that. And I kind of am, like, going, like, I, I would. It was this weird thing in my mind where, like, I'm, like, part of me wants to see Hiroshima, basically. Yeah, well, and, you know, like, and then part of me is, like, well, like, that's fucked up. Why do I, you know, like, why do I want to see that? Yeah, But yeah. then it's, like, well, it would have made this movie a little better. But what, so, I don't so know. So, in my opinion. That was my moral quandary. Chris, Chris, I call him Chris. Sure, um, Chris, if you're if you're watching that, you're of course probably listening to whatever you've always liked to. He doesn't have a smartphone, so he's probably mm. not watching it. Um, but uh, here's what I took away from the movie being about. Yeah, America's relationships relationship with science. Really? Yeah, that's what in it and and in a lot of ways because America was like. All the best scientists will all work together. And they're like, oh, like, because even a lot of them, like, they're interested in science. And I think because they have the thing with the apple or whatever, like, science has a dark past, right? Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of science came from experimentation in on very bad things that probably shouldn't have been experimented on. Moral. There's a, mor- okay. Yeah, morally, not, e- not even complex. <laughs> yeah, but, like, like, really bad shit is where science kind of originated. But then it had this kind of, like, boom. But that boom was filled in a lot of ways, fi- uh, f- was fueled in a lot of ways by war, especially in America, mm-hmm. the need for weaponry, the seeing the potential in these new fields to weaponize these types of things and become a superpower. But the scientists were just kind of, like, thinking, like, oh, like, we're really interested in this as subject matter, and this you're telling you're gonna give us enough money to actually do these theoretic this has all been theoretical for however long, and now you're gonna give us the money to actually figure out if it's true or not. Sure, like and their pursuit of science blinds them to the fact that they're actually just being used to acquire a tool of absolute power, right? And some of them are even naive enough to say, like, oh, well, the technology that we learned from this bomb that can kill, uh, you know, 150,000 people, uh, maybe we can put into nuclear power. Like, that's what he, like, like starts shifting to after the bomb goes off. Mm-hmm. So, like, the structure is, like, investment in, or complicated past of science. Investment in science. Oh, wow, this is great. We're making the most progress science has ever made in this country ever. Look, we made the most incredible invention humanity has ever achieved. Oh, I guess we didn't really think much about how that would be used, but the people in power absolutely knew what they were doing, and then the only way they could stop that was by railroading science and demonizing science. And mm-hmm. so the whole last third of the movie is about like that, that action that America actively took to demonize science, to cover the tracks of what they did to build this massive thing. What are you calling them demonizing science? Like, well, he them just demonizing Oppenheimer. They're silencing him yeah. by taking away his. Well, he also was speaking and, out yeah. against the first. They wanted yeah. they build a new bigger bomb. They wanted yeah. to do this, and he was like, "Wait, hold on. This is an arms. Right. This is an arms race that no one can win." This I was hoping naively that this would end war, but you're telling me that I just created the newest weapon in the next war, right? 
And they're like, mm, that's enough. We've gotten enough out of you. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, I think. Don't it's, let that crybaby uh, back in yeah, A lot of it uh, is, okay. a lot of it is about is about America's relationship with science at large. And I also think it kind of reflects modern too. Like, Well, that's interesting because I guess the way I read that whole thing uh, was like, you know, you, you, you're basically substituting America for, you know, Robert Downey Jr. for what happened in America. To, to me, it was like, like uh, one man's pettiness almost. It's almost like an old boy or something where you fucked, you know, I, I, I will not forget this thing that you fucked me over for, you know, and was basically talking shit during that trial. And then he's going to, you know, now you're you're of no use to me. You were useful then, but you're not useful with me, so fuck you. And it was like, that seemed to me like, and it's like a very smaller theme to me than the rest of the shit you know that uh, we I get what you're saying, but it's like yes, that's him, and I think that's how it started. But there were people who wanted to work with him to also sabotage him. So, well, I mean, the whole scene know? with Truman mm. in like the Oval Office, and he's like, "I have blood on my hands," and he's like, "Here's a Gary Oldman popping up." Yeah, also did not <laughs> uh, know that was Gary Oldman. That was Gary Oldman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Someone, someone said that they uh, someone was like, "Oh, we should make a movie where Gary Oldman." As Truman and Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill talk to each other, um, but uh, but yeah, so like he's like here's a napkin or, or he's like here here wipe your hands or whatever. And so it's like clearly, it's not this one guy. Yeah, they want him to shut the fuck up. Well, right, because but... he's the the guy who created the greatest weapon in all time is suddenly anti-war. That doesn't make them look very good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make the government look very good, and it kind of like spills the beans on what their intentions were the whole time, which mm-hmm. was to just use science for power and not use it for the betterment of mankind. Well, and then Oppen- or, or uh, Robert Downey Jr. You know, in that big speech where he's just like, like, no, fuck you, you, uh, uh, you knew what you were doing, yeah. and you were using, you know, like this is all your ego. It's kind of like. Um, I kind of believe that. No, he's right. I mean, he is right. Oppenheimer was complicit. All those scientists were complicit in that action. He he had to have known that his thing wasn't just going to stop this one war. That's what that's like. I mean, that's what Einstein says to him at the very end. Mm -hmm. Is like he's like this is. I mean, you got to. This is your thing now. Like you, you he and also it's obvious that so much of what Oppenheimer is doing, he's in those interrogations. His wife is like, "Why aren't you fighting back?" It's because he's like. Maybe if I endure enough pain, if I'm martyred enough, mm-hmm. like that's my penance for what I've done. I, I think it's I think it's all there. But I also think that when you're making a movie like that, with that scale and that energy, you're hoping for like something maybe different and like the yeah, like what you're saying, at two hours they they detonate the bomb and the rest of the movie is just like, oh shit. We detonated a bomb. It almost mm-hmm. feels like the movie knows, oh shit, we got an hour left. Yeah. Right. And so it's, but it's battling back against those things. It's a weird, it's like filmmaker's remorse and then Oppenheimer's remorse. There's a lot of layers. I think the movie's great, but I also get why it's like, what? Like, what do we hand? What? You just wanted to see bombs going off, it sounds like. I, no, <laughs> I, 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 I think that the whole thing of, of them going, you know, going after him after he becomes anti war is interesting yeah. inherently, but it's like, I think it's way like to me that is a small fraction of it, whereas it's like they focused 
on that so much that it was almost it's like to me that's so so much less interesting of a of a thing to to worry about than than you created something that can cr- destroy the world. It just yeah. got used on people. We didn't see it. I was off screen, I, and it's like we're more worried for the last hour about the security clearance. Well, it's like there's I, pressing things. Out I of I completely agree, and I think it's because there's two hours about literally building a bomb, right? Uh-huh. And there's tension there, and the last two hours is about last like bu- or the last yeah the last hour is like bureaucracy and like there yeah. It's, it, it's really hard to make that compelling. Like how and I don't, I don't know even know how to. you. Would I don't make think that you compelling. have to. Like I don't know why you made that choice. I feel like you could have summed that, made that whole part way shorter, and and we would have still had a great movie. You know. Well, when Chris comments, I think he'll probably say something to the effect that he really wanted to make some sort of statements about how science. And Chris the has never community. been on the internet before, and he's not going to. He start goes with on the internet. He's on the internet. He just doesn't have a smartphone. Um, and yeah. Doesn't play video games, but I think. I, I think there's a very poignant message. I my favorite thing whenever I watch a Chris Nolan movie is because his he like as much as people love to like shit on Save the Cat, which is a screenwriting book that's like given to freshman mm-hmm. screenwriters everywhere, and it's like here's the basic beats. If you do these beats, you will have a movie. Mm-hmm. But the guy who wrote the book, like the only thing he ever did was that movie Blank Check, where the kid accidentally like love that movie. Film well, in Austin, Texas. Blake <laughs> Snyder. Blake Snyder wrote it. Um, and then he made the re- the rest of his millions was just selling this book. But there's some genuinely good stuff in there. I like it. But it's funny because it's so amateurish. But one of the first things is opening image and final image. And they should be like reflections of each other. And every Christopher Nolan movie has that. Mm-hmm. Every single movie, it's like the answer to the movie or the theme of the movie is the first image of the movie. And I thought about that as I was watching this. I was like, uh, it was like uh, the puddles and it's all the rain. And I'm like, okay, we're gonna have to remember this rain later. Drops. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he, he does and then, this thing. And then, yeah. and then, like at the end of the movie, he's picturing the Cold War uh-huh. and the raindrops. It, it's not stated explicitly, but in my mind, the raindrops are basically what it looks like on a map when the nukes are going off everywhere. And just destroying the world, right? Um, but uh, I always think that's really fun when you're when you're like, what's what's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? A bunch of hats? What's all those hats mean? <laughs> <laughs> and and going into Christopher Nolan's direction of this movie, like like uh, uh as I was watching it, because every time Christopher Nolan's about to release some new movie, I'm always like, man, I'm pumped. He's one of the few people that can put his name above a movie and command mm-hmm. two, three hundred yeah, million dollars. Yeah. It's like he's, you know, him and Tarantino, basically. Uh, so I'm excited for that. But then when I do look at his filmography, I don't love basically any of his movies. Interesting. I okay. think that they're all great, competently filmed. I'd give them all a solid seven or eight. I don't give any of them really a 10. Maybe mm-hmm. Dark Knight gets up there. Okay. You know, uh, it's a special movie. But but then as I'm watching, I'm like, God, this guy is like the coldest director, like like of all time, in my opinion. You know, okay. he, he's he has there's just so little levity. Not that you need that in a film about, you know, nuclear war, but just I don't know, just the way he films everything, the way he edits everything, the way he writes everything to me mm-hmm. is cold, is, mm. is the best description okay. of it. And uh yeah, three hours of that. Um, it was kind of a slog it a sometimes. It's a lot. Yeah, you know, we were talking about before we started about how many we had seen. We yeah, we've Lindsay, seen them all. Lindsay, you said you've you've seen most, but not I all. I think seven. Yeah, I think I've seen seven of them of his movies. And you're and five. you were gonna say what your favorite was. And I, I think, was gonna guess it. Well, because I came out. I've seen already some lists. 
I don't know who knows who makes these lists, but mm-hmm. I've seen some lists that put Oppenheimer as their number one Christopher Nolan. Movie. Absolutely not. And I, I don't agree with that. But uh, for me, I think Inception is the things that I like most about Christopher Nolan, which is him really trying to like unpack complicated shit. Mm-hmm. Like I think he does like he's all like he's working his best when he's writing a four dummies book. Mm-hmm. Right. Like. <laughs> So he's like unpacking complicated shit and he always picks harder and harder shit to unpack. Um, but I like when he does that, but then still tells it in the form of like um like a, a fun, exciting movie, right? Yeah. And Inception feels like the most. Like it's a heist movie. Mm-hmm. It's an action-packed heist move, movie with like a 40-minute f- climax that's just thrilling, but then also unpacks some really cool concepts about time and dreams yeah. and... Stuff like that that I think is really cool. Of course, Dark Knight would be like right behind it because I also think Dark Knight is such a great cat and mouse kind of. Mm-hmm. So thing. those are your one two. Those are definitely my one two. Um, but even this one, like I think it's so I appreciate the filmmaking mastery that he has, but I also am like, well, I don't really know. Like I don't know what I can really pull from this. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. Oppenheimer for me was not a fun movie. No. It was uncomfortable. It was pretty uncomfortable, but not even like in an I'm being challenged kind of way. Like it was just like, like he, the whole time I was thinking he's really into Oppenheimer. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm happy for him that he got to make this movie because not many people get to just pick a thing that they like Mm. and make a three hour movie about it with the biggest male actors in the planet or whatever. Um, because there's only, I think, two women in this movie. Oh, there's three. Oh, right. But, but and only one of them was not a sexual object of Oppenheimer. So, mm, not that we're aware of. Not that. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> not that we're aware of. Nobody knows. Um. But uh. But oh, yeah. Four. There was a there was a scientist that worked there. She was like, "Can I work here?" There was two women who were his, you and know, then lovers. And he had a mistress, and then a wife, one who and was alluded a potential to potential mistress. But they were like, "This guy has so much sex. We're not even gonna show you that he has sex. You just just know that it happened." Yeah, yeah. Fun fact: in the gym scene after they do the bomb and everyone's cheering, and then he's uh, you know having those uh, hallucinations. My brother's in that scene. Oh, as a background cool. actor. Shout wow. out to John Michael. Really? Yeah. Is he the body on the ground that yeah, the, turns they the step ash? In? <laughs> the yeah. ashed up body. Um, <laughs> uh, he lives in Santa Fe and they shot it there. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that this, obviously the movie's already done really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the reason it did so well is because Christopher Nolan has a reputation for making exciting movies. Mm-hmm. Or did you just movies you got to see on the big screen. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't see Tenant on the big screen. Oh, I did. You did? It was bad. Yeah, I think Tenant. Tenant is probably my least favorite. I haven't seen that one because was, I've just heard that it's not good. Because because he, he picks the headiest. Con- he picks an a insane concept, and I don't think he does a good job unpacking <laughs> it. I uh, honestly, my my two are yours. What two. even is the concept? We have the same two. I'm in time. Section, time. There's a machine that can send time backwards. That sends you in reverse. So, like, essentially, the whole first half of the movie is forward, and the whole second half is backwards. And it, yeah, it's dude. like one of those things where it's like, dude. wow, <laughs> that's cool. That's like, like if if I went over to his house and he was like, "Hey, come into my office. I want to show you something." I went, "What is it, Chris?" 
<laughs> Thanks for having me over. Are we not going to, is dinner ready? He's like, no, no, we got time. We got time. <laughs> and so we go in and he goes, and he, he has a bookshelf and he pulls it out of the way and he goes, look at this. This is the dry erase board where I mapped out tenant mm-hmm. and how I could get all these things to match up forward and backward with the loop in the center and how it all makes sense. I go, that's incredible. <laughs> that's nice. awesome. And he go, he go, he goes, you want to watch it tonight? I go, can we watch Inception? <laughs> like, that, that's really cool, Chris. That's really cool. And I think that is awesome. But can we watch Inception? <laughs> Good point. Well, I think we're at the hour. So uh, uh, does anyone have any final thoughts or things they want to say for the Barbie Oppenheimer verse? That, um, uh-huh. there? I mean, I was just going to say that I thought I had a blast at the movies this week. I had no a, pun yeah, intended. Fucking but. great day at the cinema. Two, two, I think two movies that are definitely like why cinemas exist mm-hmm. are in theaters this weekend. I, I And I also think that they are creative efforts they didn't despite the fact that barbie is based on an on a a, an a doll that has existed for whatever 60 years 70 years it was only only made into a movie when someone had a point of view that they wanted to share about not only that property but also the world at large Mm -hmm. and i think that's why it was so great um Greta Gerwig is so cool and so awesome yeah. and I would love I can't wait to see everything she's about to make although I wish she wasn't she didn't just loop herself into like 8 years of making Chronicles of Narnia movies. Oh yeah, that that sucks, I'm really dude. interested to see how that's going to go. I'm not at all. I well, I mean interested in kind of a perverse interest. Okay. Yeah, I wish I really wish she didn't I mean, sign she, that contract. She's getting big big buckaroos. Yeah, of course. Hell yeah. Good for her. But I, but she's robbing us of us men of good movies for us to watch, right, James? <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm just. I hope she has a point of. I hope that she, in her success, she still is able to hang on to her point of view because I think it's such a valuable, creative, and inspiring point of view. Maybe it'll be like the Barbie version of Narnia. Yeah, it's say. like like C.S. Lewis is out there. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm Aslan <laughs> Blake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just had I had a blast at the movies this weekend, and and we went with a big group, and it was a lot of fun, and the theaters were packed, um, and yeah, it was great. Let us know down in the comments whether you saw the Barbieheimer or the Oppen Arby, and tell us what uh, whether you think uh, I'm right or James is wrong. Um, Quinn Tarantino did it my way. Also, he, also Issa Rae suggested doing it my way. Let me know if you saw Killian Murphy's. Shit. Weird. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let yeah us I know need to know down in the comments if you saw Killian Murphy's uh, penis, or if you're gonna go and you haven't gone yet. Please I don't know focus. why you've made it this far into the into the podcast, but um, keep an eye out for Killian Murphy's dick in the room in the interrogation room. There's a sex scene table that cuts that back and forth between his the sex. Wife is hallucinating, and in the scene where you can see Emily Blunt in the background, and you can see the table, you can see underneath the table, and you can see her yeah. hips moving, and you are seeing penetration. See penetration? Can, yeah, That's you can I see. Swear to God. Oh, you mean when Florence Pugh's butt oh. is doing the thing? Yeah. Oh, I don't know that I saw. I was definitely looking okay. At I, I thought you. I, I, I thought I saw the, Dick the, then. I, but I was yeah. keep an eye out. It was like she was going to be grinding and the dong was just hanging. But you're saying that there was full on penetration saw, in like, a Christopher Nolan film. <laughs> like, am I okay. crazy? You saw you what you wanted to see. Yeah, right. Okay, and <laughs> there's exactly nothing wrong like, with that. That's what Jacob said. There's nothing wrong with that. Hi <laughs> right, everyone. Thanks everyone for watching our Barbie Heimer breakdown. Uh, this has been fun. 
Thanks for having Go me. Go to the on. movies. Barman up Can I shout out some of my stuff? Yes, please. Uh, check out Funhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and check see. out his buddy Chris's movies. They're yeah, all yeah. Chris, uh, uh, see you on Saturday. See you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs>